Welcome to Established, a resource of Chestnut Mountain Church, where we dive deep into the most essential doctrines of the Christian faith and try to make sense of our thoughts. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah. I'm Jared, and I'm alongside Brandon, yep. um, BB, Blaze. All of them. You know, lots of nicknames for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you are... You know what? We're going to give a shout out to somebody today. I just thought about this because I'm looking at you and you're just, you're wearing it well today. Shout out to George Outdoorsman. <laughs> you know? What's up, Drew? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're a brand ambassador. Uh, I was. You were? I was. When did that end? Uh, when I quit hunting or <laughs> wasn't hunting often. <laughs> when did you quit hunting? I haven't quit it. I just don't get to. Hey, anyone got some land they want to donate to a, a pastor that doesn't have any property to hunt, um, I would love to come hunt your property. So that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. It's not the fact that you have two kids under the age of I mean, four. It's, it's a little bit of it, but mostly because I don't have anywhere to hunt. <laughs> My senior pastor keeps saying he's going to take me, but you know. Yeah. I'm not I'm not bitter or anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, empty promises, right? <laughs> no, it's uh so property and uh, babysitting. That would do the trick. Yeah, I mean, you know. They're old enough now where Lauren can handle it for a few hours. <laughs> oh, amazing. Well, anyway, shout yeah. out to George Outdoorsman. Yeah, go follow him Instagram. Go, yeah, go follow. I don't know who that is. Drew I just Gann. Drew Gann, never met him. He's a great dude. Must be a great dude if you're a part of it. So anyway, it's that season. It's December. Christmas is coming. Everybody's talking about what they're seeing in the woods around here. You know, I'm a little more of a city guy myself. Yeah, but you own camo. Oh, yeah, I own camo. I mean, you hunt. Yeah, but... You do more city boy hunting, but you know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Further define that, please. Not just for the audience, but I would like to know what you mean by that. You know, you're mostly like a pheasant hunter, which is more of like a politician... Really? ...rich person hunt. Oh! (laughs) Interesting. City hunt. Yeah, okay. But I learned today that duck hunting is not uh, necessarily city hunting. Correct. Like... I would consider pheasant hunting. <laughs> I mean, you can't be in the city and hunt pheasant or quail. You no, gotta, but that, you can try. I mean, city people don't have to like stay in the city; they can travel outside the city. Okay, all right. Okay. I mean, I've never, I've never shot a quail inside the perimeter of Atlanta. No, but there's some big deer inside the perimeter because nobody shoots them. No, there's uh, Seek One. Check them out on YouTube. They're killing monsters. Seek. Seek. S e e k. One. They're oh. Christians, which is cool. Based in Atlanta. Yep. Killing some that? monsters. For all of our deer hunting friends that would yep. like to check it out. Check them out. All right. This week we're going to talk about salvation, the doctrine of salvation. This is a big one. Um, it could go for hours. We're going to keep it under 30. That's right. Hours. Under 30. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, BB, talk to us about, about this. Let's just start, you know, kind of a broad sense. Uh, what is salvation? Salvation in a broad sense is rescuing people from their sin and restoring them to a right relationship with God. I would say when we talk about, um, in our intro, we talk about discussing the foundation and basic understanding of doctrine. This one is the one we have to understand 
because it, it encompasses our life as yeah. Christians and and salvation is the only hopes of us coming to to Christ. Yeah. But we have to understand that we were fractured, as we talked about last time in the podcast, our sin and our um, the the fracture that happened in Genesis three that carried over to us. Salvation is the good news that God has made a way to bring us to right standing with Him. Yeah. That is the easiest way to define it. Yeah. Now we can talk about like we're going to get into like how that's accomplished and yeah. But it's important for us to get the understanding that we were dead and separated from God. Yeah. And God made a way to restore us back to what he created us to be and stand us correctly and rightly before him. Yeah. Yeah. This big language dead. Dead. Made alive. Mhm. Uh, we'll get more into that in a little bit, but uh, talk to us about how this is accomplished because this is a big, this is a big thing, right? Yeah. This is miraculous. Yeah. H- how is salvation accomplished? Yeah, it's a miracle um, because no one that was dead can just be made alive on their own, and so we have to see too that like um, there has to be a substitute, and um, and so that's where the person of Jesus is the the best news because he had to be perfect. So the substitute has to be perfect or yeah. it isn't, it isn't longstanding or isn't eternal. And because Jesus was God himself and he stood in our place, died our death that we deserve, not that he deserved. He was sinless without blemish and he took on death himself and our sin. And he, he wore it on the cross and paid the wrath of God on our behalf um, that's ultimately how it's accomplished, that Jesus absorbed the wrath that was due me and you and the yeah. rest of humanity, um, and he drank it to give us his righteousness. Now, I'm, I feel like I'm, there, we are, we're going to have to come back and break some of this down, but like um, Jesus stood in our place, died our death, absorbed our, the wrath that was due to us from God, and gave us his righteousness. Yeah. That's salvation in in a nutshell, and um, and it's important for us to understand that um, where we where we can where I, I see people leaning towards if we're not careful that we can almost start earning our salvation, and or we can start seeing that God might love us more if we act a certain way or do a certain mm-hmm. thing. Or, and you've probably had conversations, or mm-hmm. you listening that probably had conversations with people about like feeling like you have to get right before you come to God, mm. clean up before you come to God, and that God might listen to you or love you more if you're at a different place than you are currently. And that's not the gospel. That's not what salvation is. Salvation right. is in the midst, in the pit of your sin and the, your desperation, God pulls you out. And, um, and so it doesn't matter how bad or how good you think you are. Like Salvation um, is God's gift to you. It's a free gift. Yeah. How how was uh talk a little bit about so going back to the substitute conversation, mm-hmm. Jesus was and is our substitute yeah. on the cross. He took our place, he absorbed the wrath of God. Uh how and why was he able to do that? In terms of to, uh I want you to describe the substitute. Yeah. And why he was a worthy yeah. Substitute, and it may seem remedial, if you will, but I think this is, like you said, this yeah. doctrine of salvation is crucial yeah, yeah, for yeah. all of us to yeah. understand. So, um, 
he can he is the only substitute because he is the only one worthy and the only reason he's worthy is because he's god um Jesus was, as we've talked about in, in previous episodes, he was 100% man, 100% God. Yeah. Um, so he, you know, in Second Corinthians talks about that he who was without sin yeah, became sin. Like he, Jesus never sinned. He never did anything right. against God. So he was the only one. So you, if you go even go back to the Old Testament covenant, covenant and the Day of Atonement, and they were yearly having to come back and make atonement for their sins, make payment for their sins, um, because the payment that was made every year was not longstanding, was not because it wasn't worthy, it wasn't, yep. it wasn't complete. Yeah, Jesus, because he was God, was able to absorb the wrath and be a divine. Uh, as we said in establish divine satisfaction through divine substitution. The only way the divine can be subs- or satisfied is if it's if it's equally matched with the divine substitute. So God can't be pleased with our own actions, but God is pleased within Himself, and so His wrath was pleased because it was poured out on mm. His Son. Um, and that's like. If as a parent now, like that's so like even rattles me even more than it did when I came to know Jesus. Like that God would send His Son. Yeah. Now He knows He knows that He's coming out of the grave three days later, but that He, in the moment when you read the crucifixion, that like yeah. He sees the sin of the world poured out on Him, and the wrath that He had to pour out on His Son that He yeah. turns away and like, um, so. It has to be, uh, John Stott says, the possibility of substitution rests on the identity of the substitute. So, like, when we talk about um, for the, the, the possibility for the substitute to be eternal and long-lasting and enough, we have to realize who the substitute is. So that's why it's so important for us to understand who Jesus is correctly. He's not just a man that died a death. Yeah. He is God who bore on himself all of sin and all of wrath. Yeah. And um and he did it willingly. Yeah. That's what's crazy about it. It's like when you read the uh text of Jesus like no one takes my life, I lay it down. Right. Like and I have the authority to lay it down, I have the authority to take it back up. You can't do this to me. I'm allowing it to be done to me. Yeah. Um this wasn't like a Hail Mary. Yeah, yeah. This know. was plan. This was plan A. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's crazy about it. this was what God had chosen to do to redeem His people back to Himself, and God, you know, it wasn't the Trinity up in heaven like panicking, figuring out how they were gonna get these get His family back. Yeah, this was God saying, "I'm going to do this," and you see it prophesied all throughout um, the Old Testament. Isaiah 53 is the most clear prophecy of who Jesus is. I mean, I've seen videos yeah. of of it being read to non-believers. And they're like, well, that sounds like what I've heard about Jesus. And like, can you believe this was prophesied, what, 700 years prior to the birth of Jesus? And so, um, yeah, I don't know if that, I'm, I feel like I'm ranting, but like. No, it's, it's not a rant. That's the most, if it is a rant, it's the most important <laughs> rant. Uh, I was thinking about that with, let me just qualify. I said Hail Mary, which could be confusing. It's a, it's a, it's not a euphemism. It's an actual sports term yeah. <laughs> for throwing a long pass yeah. in the last minute of the game to try to accomplish the victory, yeah. which is interesting because when you, when we look at the cross and sometimes even we can get confused when we talk about 
the battle that was waged, yeah. right, between sin and between righteousness. Like, when you read that, you brought it up earlier, but 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21 specifically says that God made Jesus yeah. to be to be sin, yeah. who knew no sin. Yeah. So this is a, and, and you going back to Isaiah 53, you start talking about the prophecies, you start talking about how this was planned before the foundation of the world. God never was out of control yeah. or, you know, to go along with the football analogy, God God was never at the line of scrimmage calling an audible, yeah, you know, yeah. because he saw what needed to happen yeah. because of, you know, some extra sin that was committed by his people. That's right. He knew it all along. Yeah. And he knew that there was one way mm-hmm. and one truth and one life, mm-hmm. right? And as you said, the only way for the fullness of the penalty to be satisfied was for God himself to yeah. bear it. Yeah. And that's something uh, that we don't wrestle with enough. I know I don't wrestle with it enough. You know, yeah. if if I got up every morning and thought about grace, the grace that has been given to me, mm-hmm. given mm-hmm. to me, in that light, in terms of God satisfying the penalty yeah. of sin justly by taking it on Himself, His yeah. Son Jesus, uh, I think it would change. The way I lived, the- <laughs> it would change everything, and that's yeah. the thing is like one of the one one thing I have to remind myself, and I try to remind the people that will listen to me is like we have to wake up every day and preach the gospel to ourselves. Yeah, not because not because we have to be saved daily, but because we're we're still living, we still have sin in our lives because we're not you know fully sanctified yet. We're not full. The sin hasn't been fully removed. We haven't been perfected completely. We're perfected in his eyes because of the substitute and our surrender to him. But um, we have to remind ourselves of this good news because we're prone to forget it because it's so it's so crazy. It's it, yeah. it makes no sense that if you could get your like for a non-believer, if you could get yourself to believe that we are desperately sick and desperately desperate for God to do something, it's so mind-boggling that God would look at us and say, I'm going to pay it. Yeah. I'm going to pay it full, in full. I'm going to drink the full cup, and I'm going to give you life. That is crazy. Now, it's hard for us to get our minds around it, too, because we live, for us in our context, we live in America in 2019, and we're in, entitled people. We think we deserve what we really don't deserve. And so when you really think about the gospel, what what is happening in first century believers here or people hearing this for the first time, they would have not thought of themselves very highly. Yeah. And for God to think of them enough to pay the way. And so that, and, and something else you said too, like he's net, like how comforting is it to know that salvation, like God was never panicking. Yeah. That he's never been out of control. He's never been in, you know, having a holy huddle with the Trinity. Right. Going, Guys, what are we gonna do? Yeah. Like he knew, and he's been he's been working for his glory and our good, yeah, for all of eternity, and um, that he loves us enough to make a way. Yeah, and so, but I, but salvation is one of those things we have to get it right. Like it's Jesus and Jesus alone by by faith through or by grace through faith in Christ alone. Like that's the only hope we have. And um, if it's if it's on us to do good and to clean ourselves up, 
There's no hope. Yeah. If it's on us every day to like believe enough, there's no hope. Right. It has to be that Jesus was, when he said, it is finished on the cross, the payment for our sin was, was finished. It was yeah. completed. It was perfect. And that now it's, it's for us to, to be, it's belief that was given to us by God. And um, anyways, that's a different topic. Yeah. He, he is the initiator. Yeah. He's the founder and the perfecter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The author of salvation. Hebrews, Hebrews uses all of those words to describe him. Mm-hmm. And we can't say those words without taking our rightful place yeah, yeah. in response yeah. to him as the founder, yeah. as the author, as yeah, the yeah. perfecter, as the one who is initiating and establishing mm-hmm. our faith. And then we respond to that in repentance and surrender yeah. and f- by following him with yeah. our lives, you know, every single day, yeah. repeating and preaching this gospel to ourselves every morning if we have to. Re- really, we do have to, so get that out of your head. You do have to. Yeah. <laughs> I have to. Jared has to preach it to himself every day to yeah. remember that this grace I did, I did not deserve. Mm-hmm. Or earn. And I did not earn. Yeah. And I could not attain. And that will fuel the greatest sense of what other response do I have yeah. but to follow him with everything. I love you said we, ha- we have to find our place and realize our place. And that language you're talking about in Hebrews, um, founder, perfecter, author, before it talks about looking to Jesus, who is the founder and the author and perfecter. That's good. So like our place is looking. It's, it's a p- position of like, in awe of um, this is who he is. Like, may may I be it, yeah, Isaiah when Isaiah um, comes into the presence of God. Like, woe is me! This I, God has done this. You can never be puffed up when you think of the cross, yeah, and what happened at the cross. And um, I've, I've heard uh, pastors before talk about like no one's leaning up at the cross, pointing at others, telling them they should bow. The, the ground at the cross is level. Yeah. Everyone, everyone is on their face yeah. because of what has happened. Because he has substituted himself when he didn't... God could have, in all of his... Um, and he would have been holy and just and right in doing it, walked away from it. Yeah. When, when Genesis 3 happened, he could have wiped out humanity and been done with it and been perfectly happy and satisfied and joyful in of himself in the Trinity. He didn't need us, but God loved us so much. Um, for God so loved the world yeah. that he did this, he gave his son yeah. to bear our penalty yeah. and bear the weight of sin and the weight of wrath and and die to be resurrected three days later. And that's why the doctrine of salvation can't be, it can't be manipulated. And And if it becomes good works or you can buy your way into heaven as some religions teach or um, or even if you just turn it into good works well I'm this good how could God not love me anytime we use that language how could God not like <laughs> I think we're in a we're in a bad place but um, we have to see that it can only be Jesus because he was the only divine one that could take the penalty yeah that's good so Romans 5. One says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the founder, the perfecter of our faith. 
mm-hmm. we're justified by this free gift yeah. and by his grace. So um, amazing conversation. Again, we could go on and on. You may have questions about this. We've been using some big words. Yeah. Uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, we'd love to answer any questions that you have. Uh, if you if you have anything that you'd like us to talk about, you know, besides deer hunting and <laughs> pheasant, city boy hunting, apparently I'm learning. Uh, let us know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> We'd love to. We're here. Yeah. We love these conversations and we love theology together. And, yeah, it's and good. Community. What's, um, what's awesome about these conversations that I'm getting to have through this podcast and through Establish on Wednesday nights is um, – we, we are better when we discuss it together yeah. and not in silos. And even if we disagree on some of these, some of the smaller topics, I do not think we can disagree on through Jesus, salvation comes alone. Yeah. Um, that is the pillar of what we rest on in Christianity. But um, we're always up for discussion. We're always up for the, yeah. the conversation. And uh, we're enjoying it. I hope, hope you all are. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know if you are. Let us know if you're not. Yeah. Uh, we want to know it. Well, like and subscribe. Tell tell some family and friends. Give us a, a high rating. Yeah. Follow George Outdoorsman. Follow B Bridge Farmer as well for more insight yeah. and wisdom. And uh, we follow can't. Jerry <laughs> underscore Kagan. Oh, that Kagan. ain't even it. Oh! It may be. I don't know. I don't know. What it it's is. a mystery. I think it is. It's a holy Just mystery. Search Jared Cagle on Instagram, and you <laughs> blah, will be blah, 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 you won't blah. be discouraged. We enjoyed it. We'll see you back next time, or hear you back next time. <laughs>